0: A firefly got lost, but she's following your own light. On the outside, looking through the window. City lights shine bright, but she still glows. We are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better
1: If you work with children with autism spectrum disorder, today's episode is something you need to see because we're going to talk about a topic that impacts every area of the child with autism's life. So by paying attention to this topic, by providing intervention early on, you can create lifelong change for children with autism spectrum disorder. What I'm talking about today is restrictive, repetitive behaviors. Restrictive repetitive behaviors, there's two categories in the research. One is insistence on sameness. These are children that like to follow the exact same routine every day, or they have restricted interests such as dinosaurs or trains or weather. We're not going to talk about that type of restrictive repetitive behavior today. What we're going to talk about instead is restrictive, repetitive sensory motor behaviors. For instance, maybe a child that'll find a string and move that string like an orchestra conductor in a really beautiful, magical manner but they can do it for hours and hours and hours. If you just leave them to their own devices, they will wiggle a string back and forth for hours and hours. Or if you leave them to their own devices with bubble gum, they'll stretch it like taffy and make all of these lines and they can go for hours or so. This is what I'm referring to as examples of restrictive, repetitive sensory motor behaviors. And this is what is really associated with Poor outcomes. So, we should be very concerned when we see a lot of restrictive, repetitive behaviors, and that we want to provide intervention that is incompatible with that. That's getting these children more intentional in their behaviors and getting these children more in control of their bodies, more in control over their environment, and more in control over their interactions with others. It's a good thing, it's not a bad thing to have control over your body and your environment and your interactions with others. So we're going to talk about first, what are what is associated with restrictive repetitive behaviors. So when we see an increase in restrictive repetitive behaviors, what do we see a decrease in? There's kind of a teeter-totter effect. Also, what can we do about it? So let's talk about restrictive repetitive behaviors and how they impact every aspect of the child's life first. When we talk about restrictive repetitive behaviors and an increase, the first thing the research indicates is you're gonna see a decrease in social skills and a decrease in shared attention, enjoyed attention with others. And that is sort of the foundation in which all learning can occur you're also going to see with an increase in restrictive repetitive behaviors, a decrease in communication skills, and a decrease in language expression and language comprehension. Sadly, at the preschool level, if you see a lot of restrictive repetitive behaviors. We have a crystal ball hall in which the research indicates that this child is more likely to have poor communication outcomes at the elementary age. The third thing we see here is a delay in motor skill development. The more restrictive, repetitive behaviors that you see with a child the worse the motor skill development. And it's not only about motor skill development, it's about worse independent functioning. So these are children that can't make it from point A to point B independently and walk a five foot distance from one spot to the next. These are children that also are not unable to put on their shirt, or their pants, socks or shoes on or able to perform toileting tasks. These are activities of daily living. The more restrictive repetitive behaviors we see, the worse the motor skill development, and the worse independent functioning, and the worse activities of daily living. What else does restrictive repetitive behavior impact? The more restrictive repetitive behavior, the poor executive function. So what do we mean by executive function? The poor, the ability to attend. The poor, the ability to have working memory, to hold on to a piece of information and use it. The poor cognitive flexibility to change what you're doing when the environment or the stimulus changes. So all of that, you're going to see worse outcomes in executive function, the more restrictive repetitive behaviors you see at the preschool level. What else is it associated with? It's also associated with the more Restrictive, repetitive behaviors, you're going to see more parent and family stress. It is affecting all aspects of the child's life that we can observe. But what about what we can't observe unless you had an MRI or in an EEG? What about that? What we can't observe is even perhaps more concerning. And that's because the research indicates that the more restrictive repetitive behaviors that the child exhibits, the greater neurological differences in how the brain functions and in the structure of the brain. You're actually going to see with increased restrictive repetitive behaviors, a decrease in the size of the cerebellum. You're going to see dramatic differences in the functioning of the cerebellum with less cerebellar activity. So Ya Wen, a researcher from Harvard Medical School, refers to this as a Russian dowel phenomenon. What you and I see is the outer layer of the Russian dowel. We see the impact on socialization. We see the impact on communication. We see the impact on motor skills. We see the impact on executive function. We see the increased parent stress. But what we don't see is that the same thing is happening inside the body, in the brain. There's change occurring in the child's structure and in the child's functioning of the brain over time. It increases with restrictive repetitive behaviors. So let's take that Russian doll and open another layer because it goes even deeper than that. Restrictive repetitive behaviors also impact the health of the cell. The smallest unit in the body, the mitochondria, is even functioning in an aberrant manner when it comes to an increase in restrictive repetitive behavior. So, the increase in restrictive beha- repetitive behavior also means a decrease in cellular functioning. And it's also traced to a decrease in the immune system functioning. So, what we're looking at is a Russian Tao in which this restrictive repetitive behavior is associated with poor outcomes and what we can see and what with our eyes, but it's also associated with poor outcomes internally neurologically, when we take one layer off, when we take another layer off that Russian doll, the same thing's happening in the cells. So we can't look the other way when it comes to restrictive, repetitive behavior. And these children, frankly, are being grossly underserved. In the future, they're going to look back at us and say, what was wrong with these people that were treating these children? These children were grossly maltreated. And that's because an overwhelming majority, the estimates indicate approximately 95% of children today have a significant motor delay in the body. But today, the research indicates only 5%, a small fraction of these 95 children, if you imagine all 95 children, only five of them are going to get physical therapy, even though they all qualify. That is unethical. that is illogical. These children are not getting the therapy they deserve. And as a result, we're seeing children that are very much locked in. They're unable to control their bodies and their environment. They're unable to control their bodies in interacting with others. They are locked in. So what we need to think about is how can we come in the form of bread? I don't know how long it's going to take for the laws to change and for things to get right here, but they're wrong here. And today, these children need help right now. The good news is that you can come in the form of bread. The physical therapist, the best work they're doing is called task-oriented movement intervention. That's the most effective intervention they have in improving purposeful, goal-oriented behaviors, which is the core issue of difficulty for children with autism, is purposeful, goal-oriented behavior. What will help that? Task-oriented movement activities are come in the form of bread. As a speech pathologist, as a parent, As an ABA therapist, as a babysitter, as a grandparent, you can come in the form of bread for these children with autism. And you can do that by doing task-oriented movement activities. And what are task-oriented movement activities? These are activities in which you present a movement activity in which there is a problem, you make a plan, you take action. And the child checks it to completion it's powerful so all of the children on my caseload are doing task oriented movement activities and they're all benefiting from it and that's because task oriented movement activities the research shows improves communication skills improves joint attention skills improves motor skill development improves executive function So all of these areas that restrictive, repetitive behavior impacts in a negative manner, we can impact those areas in a positive manner. The antidote to restrictive, repetitive behaviors is task-oriented movement activities. That's the antidote. You can do these activities. You can change lives by doing these activities. If you're a therapist, you have less than an hour a week to work with these children. Come in the form of bread. What you're going to do is you are going to help them develop purposeful, goal-directed movement activities. And When you do that, they're going to get out of that cage they're locked in they're going to be able to manipulate their environments they're going to be able to impact others in their interactions they're going to have control over their bodies and space that's a game changer if you want to know more check out my book it's going to have the videos it's going to have the step by step guides it will show you exactly what to do if you want to see how to do task oriented movement activities if you want to have the task oriented movement activities ready And all you have to do is print them out and put them to use every week. Then join the Sparkle in School group. I'm with you in this. I want to be with you in changing as many lives as possible. I'm going to give you the top shelf materials, the top shelf practices, so that you can actually change someone's lives in a 180 in less than an hour a week. By not working smarter, but working smarter. Let me help you. Go to www.kellyvest.com. Check out the Sparkle in School membership at any time. You can cancel if it's not your jam, but give it a try. All right, we're going to take all of this information. You're going to roll up your sleeves and you're going to make the world a better place. One person at a time. You're first.